For Truth with a Texas Twain, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse for this show is, But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19 Today we have a wonderful show. I'm just so excited about it, I can hardly stand it. Our sponsor today is Home Instead. Since today's guest is a nurse with a very special story, everything on today's show is coming together to bring you the very best in post-surgery care for you or your elder. Home Instead specializes in elder care, but they also can provide trustworthy, kind-hearted home care services so you get the help you need to recuperate after surgery. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit your family's needs and also your needs, too. Our topic today, our, our show is called An Oncology Nurse Beats Breast Cancer. My very special guest today is my friend Susan Ellsworth. With 24 years in nursing, Susan served as an oncology nurse, then as a cardio nurse, and then switch back to oncology. She has tenderly cared for countless patients in the most difficult and vulnerable vulnerable moments of their lives. She and her husband have been married 28 years. She is the mother of three, two grown daughters, and a high school son. One of her daughters recently finished her training and is carrying the torch of nursing into the next generation. She is a dear friend to me and to my whole family just loves Susan. The most important thing I'm going to say about her is that she does not seek publicity or public life or celebrity status at all. That is not her style. But she only agreed to do this because we asked her to. Really, I think begged might be a better word. And she knew that her message would, uh, I hear you giggling back there. Uh, this took a lot of courage for you, Susan, but but you know your message is going to help a lot of women who are hurting. So, But the most important thing I want to say before I let her talk is Susan is a woman of tremendous faith. And I've known her over 30 years, so I, I'm just going to attest to that in the most tender and loving way. I feel so blessed and honored that you're on the show, Susan. Thank you for coming. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. So, you know, it was Anna's idea. Our oldest daughter, when I asked her, who should we have on the show? Who have I not thought of yet? She said, oh, Mother Susan Ellsworth. And I thought, there's no way she'll come on this show. That's just not her style. But when I talked to you about it, you were so sweet and you were so willing to do this for me. So would you mind just beginning wherever you want to and tell my listeners, our friends, our listening friends, what it is that you have been through. Sure. Um, I um, have, I was diagnosed with breast cancer in September of 2014. I actually, um, in June of 2014, found a mass in my breast, and it felt typical, like a BB, like what you hear breast cancer feels like. 
and I had a routine mammogram already scheduled, so I went ahead and had the routine mammogram, let them know that there was a little something different, but I wasn't real concerned because my thinking was, if there's something wrong, it's going to show up on the mammogram because I can feel it. Mm-hmm. Well, I went to my physician the following week, and he said, your mammogram is clear. There's nothing oh. on your mammogram. And I said, well, do you feel this? He said, I feel it. He said, but, but your mammogram was normal. So mm-hmm. let's come back in a month. So I, I came back the next month back to my internal medicine physician, and he felt it again. He said, you know, your mammogram was normal. A week before, he said, I don't think it's anything. You know, we went, I decided to go back in a month, and he examined it again. And then I sent him that message within the chart, and I said, with my mom having had breast cancer, it would just ease my mind. Mm-hmm. If you would just let me have an ultrasound. I said, no, my mammogram was normal. I don't have dense breasts, but an ultrasound would just really ease my mind. And so they set me up in September for um, another mammogram with ultrasound. And then I went in for biopsy. Um, that was on a Friday. I went in for biopsy the following Monday. And I found out on Tuesday that I did have lobular invasive breast cancer. And I actually had two tumors. And oh. lobular invasive doesn't show up a lot of times on mammogram until the later stages. But the tumor that was below it happened to be ductal, and I believe it was probably pushing it more towards the surface to make me feel it, because usually you don't feel the lobular cancer. Oh, wow, Susan. It's such a miracle that all that came together and that you were so smart because of your mom's experience. Well, and I, I just felt like something wasn't right, and I just wanted to make sure and I think that's a big thing for women if you feel that something is not quite right you know don't be afraid to ask for somebody to continue you know to continue to perceive something that you feel maybe is um wrong because it's your body you're your own advocate and you, uh, you are an expert at that and I think it's so worth emphasizing for other women sometimes we forget that we need to be assertive it's hard for us we we know the doctor's smart and we respect them and we want to take their advice and listen to them and we want to be comforted and reassured but you learned uh, very emphatically not only the first time but tell tell keep telling your story people are going to be amazed by you Okay. Well, I um, I was scheduled for um, mastectomy. I um, we opted for bilateral mastectomy because lobular invasive breast cancer, if it shows up on one breast, it tends to mirror and will show up on the other breast. So mm-hmm. that was that was the reason we went ahead and chose to have both breasts removed. Um, we did the sentinel node biopsy. I, I had them do it on both sides to make sure that if, if there was a tumor on the opposite breast. And they didn't find out till they took it off, and they would have. To, I, they told me they would have to do a dissection of the lymph nodes on the opposite breast. I said, just do a study on both sides, mm-hmm. and they removed both breasts. My, I think my biggest fear wasn't the cancer, wasn't chemotherapy, wasn't a thought of radiation. My biggest fear was lymphedema. And I, I don't know what that I, is. Lymphedema is when the lymph nodes, when they do the biopsy of the lymph nodes, mm-hmm. you're, you get swelling. I don't know if you've seen it, the swelling in the arm, and sometimes you can get it in the trunk. And it's related to the lack of the flow of the lymphatic fluids because you've messed up the flow of oh, the fluid. okay. And that, there's not a cure for lymphedema. And so my biggest fear was lymphedema. I only had six lymph nodes removed on the right side. But um, after my reconstruction was complete, I noticed that my arm felt different, and so uh-huh. I pursued the I pursued 
the doctors are like, can I go to the lymphedema clinic? And in fact, I did have lymphedema um, to the arm, oh. but mostly at the right breast. And so we started a you know two and a half year process of doing the daily massages and um, mm-hmm. you know working towards that, getting a sleeve. You know, like again, you just have to know your body. You have yes. to be your own advocate. Okay. Yes. So when you you said you noticed your arm that you were having trouble with that because of the lymphedema, so how how did that feel to you? Like what? Because you're a nurse, so I'm assuming that you're really knowledgeable, and it would be easier for you to diagnose than somebody like me. Well, and this is what I tell my patients: it's I, until I had it, I didn't know what it was going to feel like, but mm-hmm. it felt like something like it was just a little heavier. It kind of oh. ached a little. It, it just seemed, oh. when I'd look at it in the mirror, it was a little bit bigger, and it was a little heavier. So they were so, so those were subtle. Those were really subtle yeah. things. I mean, you might have just thought you lifted something heavy one day, and then, but it didn't go away. But it didn't go away, and it increases. And so oh. I wanted to be persistent and work. I actually... Um, a lot of people along the way had helped me. I had a lady that um, has a little shop here in town that sells um, products for lymphedema. She gave me a little card and said, well, you know, there is a pump mm. out there. And so I oh. pursued that on my own and was able to get um, the people to come to my house and now have a, been able to refer other people to this, for this pump that you can wear that actually helps move the fluid. I'm just laughing because um, I know you're, te- you're teaching the doctors you work for. <laughs> Well, you become I, the expert they turn to for those kind of if, that good information. Well, they're so they're so busy, you know, curing the disease, and I just want to help with symptom management. I just want to help the ladies to know that, that there's another voice, there's someone there that can maybe that's been there can that maybe can help them. Yeah, find that's a so, way to that's get rid so of great. some of the symptoms. But and that's not the end of your story either. So I'm going to let you begin the next section of your story that. Is so mind-blowing to me. We're going to keep a little bit of an eye on the time because I know this is going to go really quickly, and we'll have to break for commercials in a minute. But go ahead and start on what happened next. Um, I had some. I had a debulking of the breast because it just continued to grow. My arm, I could keep it at bay, but my breast continued to grow, and it was really hard to figure out where to push that lymphatic fluid. Um, I did actually find a physician. Um, I, I researched stuff on the Internet. I found a physician in Chicago that did a microvascular surgery. I contacted him by email. He told me he had a physician friend that worked with him at MD Anderson that was moving to the Dallas area, and I was able to get an appointment with him when I went to a lymphedema conference. We, so I was able to see that physician. When we, we're going to have to take a break. I hate to interrupt you. When we come back, I want, I want my listeners to hear more of what happened next because this is amazing to me. Now, remember, you can catch more interviews anytime on a full range of subjects. Women Ponder in Their Hearts at KathyCraffy.com. And Susan's story is going to be on my website. So if you want to download that or even share it with a husband because you've been through this situation and you want to start a really sweet conversation with your family her story is going to help you do that and when we come back you're going to find out a lot more about why that is but after the break we'll be back with our very special friend my beautiful uh, beloved friend that i've known for over 30 years susan ellsworth a, a amazing trained oncology nurse and she's going to share 
with us a whole lot more about the wisdom that she's gained. And, in fact, she's going to be telling us a little bit about some of the things she shares when her doctors take her to the hospital to talk to women postoperatively. She has a whole range of things she talks about, and we may even do a whole new show on that because there's so much information that she has and that she's learned, so so much of it valuable to women. And and I'm just grateful to learn a little bit more about lymphoma. Say it for me again, Susan. Lymphedema. Lymphedema. Lymphedema, that's it. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause. Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place. A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever. It's home. Where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Have you ever met one of those people who just can't be stopped? It's like they're unstoppable. Yeah, I have. Me too. What's their mystique? Nothing stops these people. Don't stop. Each week, join Coach Frankie Picasso for Mission Unstoppable, where you'll meet some of the most amazing people. They've accomplished their goals despite insurmountable odds. They beat adversity, physical hardship, and traumatic events, and emerge triumphantly. They're people just like you and me, and they're winners. Are you unstoppable? Join Frankie Picasso every week for Mission Unstoppable and learn how. Stop. Hi, this is Kathy Craffy with Fireside Talk Radio, and I'm here with B.J. Garrett, the Executive Director of CARE. Christ-centered abortion recovery and education. We are here to help men and women have their lives restored after an abortion experience. You, if you want to know more about how to recover after abortion, look for our upcoming episodes on Fireside Talk Radio with BJ and Kathy Craffy. Thank you. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio, where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Welcome back to Fireside Talk Radio, and we're here with Susan Ellsworth, who has been generously telling us her story. I mean, even her vocabulary is so extensive. She knows how to talk about breast cancer in a way that I am so happy to get to share with all my listening friends. And so, Susan, thank you so much. I know you're going to tell us a little more of your story, and I think we're going to have to do another episode, and and I think we're going to call it something like this, What I Wish My Family Understood About Breast Cancer. And we're going to do that because you're going to come back, and we've decided over that little break, she's going to come back and tell me all about what people need to know. But we want to hear more from Susan right now, and the reason we do is her story continues in such a 
an ama- I mean, she's just an amazing woman. So, Susan, tell us what happened next when you went to see the doctor in Dallas. I um, visited with a physician um, in the Dallas area who does a lot of research. He came from MD Anderson, and he told me there was an op- a different option for surgery, a, a DIEP procedure, um, where he re- would remove my abdomen, not um, not get into the muscle, but take my abdominal fat, move my remove my belly button, take my old. Um, it's like I had a mastectomy twice. He would t- he took the capsules out, the implants out, took mm-hmm. the tissue off, and moved my abdomen up into my and made my breast out of my own fat. And he was mm. hoping that by doing that, um, it would relieve some of the lymphedema ah. in the breast because that was where the breast he thought maybe like putting new soil down and and just maybe hoping that that would relieve some of the lymphedema to the breast area. Mm-hmm. Um, he also does a microvascular surgery where he can transfer lymph nodes, and that is still on the table. We have not done that yet. We're hoping that the surgery that I had seven weeks ago will resolve the issue of the lymphedema. So I'll go back and see him in a few weeks, and, and we'll make the plans as to what is next. But I did have mastectomy twice, so it was just kind of like I don't know how many people get to do that, but you're amazing to God. And just so our listeners really understand what you're saying, I'm going to say it in lay terms. So you went in, you found out you had breast cancer, you had a double mastectomy, then you had reconstructive surgery, and now you've had that reconstruction removed. Correct. That's an amazing and, thing. And and I got to tell y'all through all of that her attitude and her spirit has been so beautiful and so brave and courageous and I don't know I just I just admire you so much Susan I don't know how you've done it well when I was first diagnosed my prayer was that there would be purpose in this that if there's purpose in everything that don't I like dear God don't let this go without purpose Mm. and so he I had moved back into the field of oncology I'd been working in it one year when um, I was diagnosed and I feel that it has helped me to see it from the other side so that maybe I can help other people. Because if you're going to go through something this big, you want to make sure, you want to know that there's a reason behind it, that, that you're helping someone else because that would just, it would be awful if you just went through it and and you didn't help anybody and didn't benefit anyone. Well, and what amazes me is many times now that I've, because we try to bring, I mean, your husband's an amazing man, and he's a great cook. And I know you get fed really well when you've had surgery, but but we often try to show up and do something nice for your family when all that's happening. So, But in each and every case, immediately you bounce back, and you're back at work because you love your work so much, and you love your patients so much. So tell me a little bit about how that has motivated you. No, I just... I love the fact that when I meet patients for the first time and they have just received a diagnosis, that I can look them in the eye and say, I've been there. Mm. Every breast cancer is different. My mom had a different type of breast cancer. All the, op- the options are all different, and nobody knows until the biopsy and the final surgery what their path is going to be. But I can at least look at them and say, let me give you some pointers of things that you can do 
just a little bit of information to help you get through this initial part. And then we can talk. And you can call me and talk to me anytime you want to. You can find me. And we Mm. can talk about, as the treatment goes, what next? You know, what's next? What? I just think, you know, all the way from needing a recliner in their house Mm -hmm. to something to put their drains in when they've had their breasts removed, all the way to sexuality and the changes in your life after, you know, maybe years after the surgery and the medicine, what is, mm-hmm. how you may feel. And I just think it's, it's awesome to be able to say, hey, I've been there. No, I haven't done all of it. I didn't do chemo. I take a pill. I haven't had radiation, but my mom did. I can give you a little bit, you know, I can help you maybe. I hope to. I want to help them. Well, I think it's amazing because while you were doing all that, it's not like your mother's health um, was without attention. I mean, you had to continue to make sure she got to her doctor's appointments. And and I remember you shared one thing with me, and that is after a mastectomy, they don't do uh, mammograms. So tell me how you were able to recognize what was going on in your body. Like, Well, it's, it's you know, I don't think it's throughout the U.S. that they don't do mammograms because I'm on some different web pages with different mm-hmm. women who are going through the same thing. We talk back and forth. But I know in Texas or here, you don't. If you're if all your breast tissue has been removed, you're not going to need another mammogram. Why do you need one mm-hmm. or an ultrasound? But if you do find something different, if you feel something different, that's when you tell your doctor and they can do it. Because when I did feel the lymphedema, I did have a mammogram, I did have an ultrasound, and I had another MRI so they could view and see what it, what the fluid, fluid buildup really was. See, I love that because, as we said earlier, it's so hard for women to be assertive, but there you are advocating for yourself. And, of course, people listen to you because you have all the training. You, have, you even speak the language. But for the rest of us, we just have to remember, keep advocating for yourself, even if you don't have the vocabulary Susan has. It's okay to speak up and you are the best person to judge what's going on in your own body. That is correct. And I think it's, and don't be afraid to ask questions. And I think it's okay to look online and look up stuff and then take the information you get and bring it to your doctor and say, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts on this? You oh, know, I good, don't good recommend question. starting, you know, like some sort of medication that's an herbal medication without asking the doctor, but you can look and see which ones are available, which ones say they will help you, and then ask your physician. I think it's okay to, be, to do that. Yeah, I do too, and I always tell people, just because something's a natural remedy doesn't mean it's really great. Like, hemlock is natural. It grows on a tree. <laughs> you wouldn't take that by accident. So you, you, it is good. Every All chemistry, all things that go into our body, it's good to ask our doctors what they think about those things. It can't hurt to ask those good questions. And it, it actually, by asking, we hold other people accountable to get information themselves if they don't have it. So even your doctor can... I mean, my dad used to say he learned so much from his patients. So I think that's a really healthy thing to ask your doctor good questions. It helps them, too. Well, you're just so amazing to me. So tell us a little bit about how, and this is almost an unfair question because I know your parents so well, but how did you find the energy to be a sandwich generation girl, making sure your mother got to her post-cancer treatments and um, checkups while you were yourself going through the same kind of a process with your breast cancer. Tell us about that. 
Well, my, my mother had been diagnosed with breast cancer in 2008, and her breast cancer, of course, was totally different than mine. Um, and she did chemo and radiation and lumpectomy. But she was um, diagnosed right after my daughter's wedding with stage 4 lung cancer, and she'd never smoked. And you always feel like you should say that. She never smoked because you don't have to smoke to get lung cancer. Right. And, and I think the thing that was so fortunate is that I was back in the place that I'm at working mm-hmm. and she's actually a patient mm. in my office mm. and so I could slip away and go to her visits I could slip away and talk to her doctor I could mm-hmm. be there and be her advocate and be there with her I knew I could go and see her when she was getting her treatment and that you know I was able to stay with her in the hospital when she had her initial lung surgery mm-hmm. and I had a lot of I had a lot of information which made it hard I knew a lot more because I'd mm-hmm. read her scans and I understood what was going on, and that was hard. It's hard. Sometimes knowledge is hard. It's good, but it, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. But I know I, that she's on new medication, and she's doing so well, and it's been almost two years. Think of that. It's awesome. She's amazing, and I wish we could just keep talking. And In fact, we will do another show, and I'll, let, I'll just have the opportunity to ask you lots of questions about what people need to know before breast cancer surgery or uh, before treatments begin. But before, So we're going to have to end this. I'm just sad about it. Before we do that, I just want to say your parents are so amazing. They're, they're such godly people. And I know your faith is one of the blessings that has come to you through your family and and your dad and his faith in Jesus Christ. And I know that faith is one of the things that made you such strong women in that process of doing that together. So if you were going to give me one little soundbite of wisdom, what would it be as we close? Gosh, there's so many, but just to know that nothing's without purpose, that God is in, has his fingerprints Everything. If you look backwards, you can see it. He's everywhere. And I he love that. He's guiding everything. I love that. that. To sit back and watch. That's so you. And this has been just amazing, Susan. Thank you so much for having the um, willingness to serve us all by sharing your story. It just means so mm-hmm. much to me. Many women are going to have a tool now to share with their husbands and, and explain what's going on in their very personal world. So thank you so much for that. Oh, thank you, Kathy. It was nice. So if you want to, oh, me too. So if you want to hear more from Susan about her story, you can go to kathycraffy.com. And we want to thank our sponsor for today's show, Home Instead, too. And we want to thank you for joining us at Camp Crafty Fireside Talk Radio, where we ponder all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts. Truth with a Texas twang spoken here. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Johnny and Keith.